Can the Iowa football running game be fixed? We talked to a former Hawkeye running back. LaShawn Daniels back with us this week. We break it down today. Locked on Hawkeyes. You are locked on Hawkeyes. Your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon. He's LaShawn Daniels, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Available wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to give us a five-star review. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode of Lockdown Hawkeyes is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for $20 off. Your first purchase. That's game time. LaShawn, welcome back. Game in. Feeling good. Utah State. Boy, those first couple of possessions, it looked like, here we go. (laughs) And then we still had three and a half more quarters of football to be played in the offense. Went into the old Kirk Ferris lockbox and didn't see a whole lot from there. But how you doing? Doing well, doing well. I mean, they can't really complain too much about a win. Uh, starting off the season on the right foot and, you know, excited to be back here today and uh, talking about the Hawks. So, well, we look back at the game, you get the big kick return from Caleb Johnson showed a little juice there, opening things up. They start on the plus side of the 50, two plays in touchdown pass, Seth Anderson wide open, goes down to the turf. They have to review it. I'm like, Oh geez, here we go again. <laughs> uh, it's right. And then we got to sit in the North end zone for the first time. So took the kids to their first game. Well, my daughter had been before, but my little guy, Jack, it was his first time at the Hawkeye game. Super hot, uh, not a great one for the kids, but we made it to the third quarter and then it was time to hit the car and get on the road <laughs> back home as they were, they were a little overheated there, but got to see those first couple of possessions. Things were looking good. Really the biggest storyline though, of the football game was, Iowa gets a win. That's great. But their inability to run the football and in those situations, you know, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, when you're trying to assault the game away against a Utah State team that was out without their best defensive tackle, gave up a ton of rushing yards a year ago. Iowa just couldn't run the football. Uh, Let's start right there. What you saw from the game and and how concerned it makes you after what you saw. Yeah, it was definitely a little bit frustrating from you know, a running game standpoint, I thought the offensive line did a pretty good job in pass protection um, night and really night and day difference of what we saw last year in that, in that department. But I felt like in the run game kind of saw a, lo- a lot of the same issues that we had saw um, last year in the run game. And a lot of it came from the uh, Utah State got plenty of penetration. It felt like every single time that, um, you know, you tried to rush, run on the, run the football and whether it was, you know, trying to get it running outside. Um, guys were getting a field and forcing, you know, the backs to make cuts sooner than, than they would have liked. And then when it was run inside, again, creating that interior pressure, which again, forced the running backs to make additional cuts that, you know, you you, you don't want to see or you don't want to have in the run game, especially if you're trying to get some momentum early on, um, you know, in a drive to help your, help your offense stay on schedule, to help you stay on the field longer. So, those were some this initial thoughts just when I was watching it live that I happened to see quite a bit. And I'm not sure if it's, you know, guys not entirely confident on, on what their assignment is or or coming off the ball, um, you know, at the right time on the snap count. But everything, everything just kind of seemed 
like operation seems slow from offense line standpoint. And then that allowed Utah State to create some penetration, um, you know, in the run game, which again led to, you know, less than stellar performance in, in that department. Really did. And I think we both believe that it's not a running back problem. Uh, Caleb Johnson, we've talked about his talent so much, and we're both just enthralled with what he can be and and the kind of talent that he has. Jazzy on Patterson, he's got some juice to his game. I, I'm really impressed by him. And he got a real competent veteran guy you know, in between with LaShawn Williams. You feel good about that. It goes to up front. And the question that I keep coming back to is schematically. Is this something, though, they don't run nearly as much zone blocking as even back when you were playing not too long ago. They have used a lot more gap blocking, hat on hat, doing those kind of things. Still, the tenets of things are what they do with the zone blocking scheme. And with the change and the inability to cut block now, that backside guy, how many times does it look like, boy, they got the edge set out there. They're running outside zone. And here comes a guy, either a defensive end or an outside backer, or even a safety from the backside, and cuts it down for a two-yard loss. Is it? schematically an issue what they're trying to do in the changes in the rules in college football. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like that, that definitely limits um, opportunities for big plays on, on cutbacks for sure, especially in the, in the zone running game. I mean, you think back when, when I was playing or, you know, even running backs before I was playing, like a lot of big runs would come from, you know, pressing the front side of a play. And then, you know, you get a, great block on the backside allows you to stick your foot in the ground um, and, you know, read that, read that cut block and make, uh, you know, make a big play from, from there. So um, it definitely has obviously forced the, the Iowa staff to change up how you're going to block those places. Again, you don't want to get called all for a penalty on it, especially on a long run. I mean, remember when we were playing Rutgers, when I was playing, you know, we come at a half, I score a 75 yard touchdown, but they call, you know, illegal low block or, or whatever on the backside. So, and again, it forces, it forces, uh, you know, as your offense lined up to block differently and it makes that, those backside blocks a lot harder. So now you're forced to, you know, stay on that front side of things. Cause if you try to cut back, right, there's going to be a, you typically there's going to be a defender in your face there. So yeah, th- there's definitely some, some schemes and things that you can do. And then part of it is again, I mean, getting back to, to running these, the, the gap schemes and running the power plays and, and things of that nature. But I know that's not what, you know, coach parents typically like to, to do. Um, he, he knows that there's a time and place for those, but he typically, again, he loves, loves his own run. So um, coming up with a way to make, to get back to doing what you do and doing it effectively is that's part of the reason why those guys are getting paid the money that they are. But you also got to look at it like, Hey, if, if we can't do the things that we want to do, especially on the backside of blocks, you're going to have to continue to to stay with the, with those gap schemes, stay can't continue with the with the counter plays, and just continue to to work on it um, and improve on that. And part of that again is going to help you know the offensive line getting getting off the ball on the, on the first step, making preventing those, those defense alignment from you know creating penetration up the field. And I think they'll have an opportunity to do that this week. I know Iowa State has some some younger guys on the on the defensive line. You know, you don't have a first round draft pick on the edge either. So that makes it definitely going to make it uh, a little bit easier. Um, But, you know, it's going to be a a tough football game on on Saturday. So definitely making sure that you're sounding your technique and making sure that, hey, we at least let's try to keep the guys on the line of scrimmage, not let them create that penetration, you know, a yard, two yards into the backfield 
Um, Because even if you do end up getting a block on them, it makes it much more difficult on the running back. And then now, you know, they're getting contacted in the backfield instead of, you know, at least two or three yards past the line of scrimmage. So the big question remains, can it be fixed? I mean, is there a way that they can fix fix this thing in season, either schematically playing better? I I thought the guard play in the run game was really bad, uh, but it wasn't just them alone. Uh, Logan Jones, I thought, was really solid. Pass protection was really good, but in the run game, the guard play just wasn't up to snuff. And this has been really a four-year process. I mean, you go back to even 2019, that was a really good Iowa team. And a couple of games where it showed up big time was the inability of the guards. That was the year they had Alaric Jackson on one side, Tristan Wirfs on the other, Tyler Linderbaum in the middle, and the guards weren't good enough. And I'm concerned because I think Mason Richmond definitely is taking a step forward and becoming a really good tackle out there. Logan Jones has made that leap this year, but the guard play. So when he kind of put it all together, can this running game be fixed this season? It's a great question. I mean, obviously you, you're going to see – you typically see from from football teams the biggest jump from week one to week two, um, because obviously now you, you've got live tape, you've got you've seen everyone in the live environment on the football field, and it really allows you to make the additional adjustments as a coaching staff and as a player. Like, okay, this is what I was trying to do last week. I had some success doing um, this, and I had less success doing you know this other thing. So obviously m- trying to get those guys to understand like hey this is what we're looking for because there there was definitely plays out there where you're like okay like these guys look these guys look good like this is what we're looking for in a run game um so it's not like they like they don't know what to see and what to expect and but as you just mentioned yeah it's been an ongoing going issue and i feel like definitely the scheme is going to have to help the guys a bunch but again when you run when you're running uh gas schemes and you're running counter plays like the those guards are a pretty important part of 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 those of that blocking scheme um whereas when you run a zone play um you know whether it's inside zone or outside zone like those, those interior blocks are pretty important but if everyone has some type of of movement usually the running back can pick and choose um what they want to do even if they don't get you know great blocking up front so it's a great question i don't know if they will be able to fix it you know, make it look perfect, you know, this week, but I am definitely expecting um, significant improvement from, from week one to week two, because again, that's typically when you're going to see your biggest improvement um, throughout the season. And then you're going to continually um, get incremental um, improvement changes throughout the year. So, well, Sean Daniels breaking it down with here, Trent Condon, as we talk on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, as we continue What's it like to play in Ames? We'll talk about the rivalry. We'll talk about LaShawn's time on the sideline and in the game and uh, some of the vitriol that certainly came his way from the Cyclone fans. We'll do that as we continue here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. As an owner of a small business, the hiring process can be completely difficult in today's day and age. Wages going up, finding those right people, yet 
LinkedIn jobs makes it a whole lot easier. All you do, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. That spreads the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screen questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview in hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires first leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Trent Cotton alongside LaShawn Daniels back with you once again on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We got the NFL schedule opening up tonight with the Chiefs and the Lions, your NFL team, your Major League Baseball team, NBA, NHL. We got you covered. Not only that, Locked On Big Ten, Locked On Fantasy Football, Locked On Bets. We got you covered here on the Locked On Network. And thanks for being with us here on Locked On Hawkeyes. All right, LaShawn, as we roll through a road trip to Ames, it's a rivalry game. There's a dumb trophy attached to it, not the pewter family trophy that we had for all of what a week before that thing went away with the family looking up with the corn stalks in their hand. But let's start right there. The rivalry game, kind of what it was for you, not an in-state guy. Yeah, um, you know, it's definitely something that feel is important. It's definitely important. Again, there's, there is a trophy on the line, you know, every time, anytime you get an opportunity to, to play for a trophy, um, regardless of what it is, right. It's a, it's a big opportunity um, for, for, you know, the team, um, for the players. So, so you definitely get really, really excited for it. And the fact that it's such a de, the de facto um, college, Iowa state championship game, like it's, like you want, like you want to have those bragging rights. Like just as being as being a competitor, you're gonna get up, you're gonna be excited. You, you definitely want to have those those bragging rights. Um, and you know, obviously, it's been a rivalry for it's been a rivalry game for for a long while now. So you definitely want to get you definitely want to get up and get excited for it. And um, you know, being an out of state guy, uh, I obviously understood the importance of rivalries. I mean, being from Ohio. You definitely understand rivalries there, whether it's college, NFL, like you got rivalries uh, really like essentially like all over the place. So, um, you know, that anytime you get uh, to, to go against a team that, you know, your, your guys, your, especially your, your in-state guys don't like uh, you, you want to get up for, for your teammates and you want to be like, okay, like, yeah, this is, this is our opportunity to hold these bragging rights for, for another year as we typically have been doing. Um, so you, you get excited for that game. You, you understand the importance of it. The fact that there's a trophy on the line, the fact that, um, you get, you want to have those bragging rights and you want to do it for the rest of your, you know, in-state teammates that have, you know, been around this rivalry for, for a long time. Yeah. You, you definitely get excited and get up for it. So what is it like playing in Ames? You doesn't matter where you go. I can tell you from a fan perspective, but for you being in the game and coming out of the tunnel, making your way. What's it like playing a football game in Ames? Yeah, so I mean, I, usually for for the Iowa game, it's it's always a it's always a great environment. Like it's a like it's it's an environment that you yeah you sign up to play college football for. I mean, being going into a hostile place, uh, going into your rival stadium, and you know they they pack the stadium like like that's what you want. Like especially being at a high level competitor, you want to go into that environment. And, you know, you essentially you want to shut those guys up because, again, you're, you're walking out um, 
And, you know, you, you, you got to take a long walk because, again, that's where they used to – that's where Iowa State's, like, home locker room used to be. Um, uh-huh. So, so for starters, they, they've got a nice – they got a pretty nice visitor locker room. Can't, can't really complain about that. Um, but it's a long walk, and you got to walk, um, you know, through that, that old building over there. You come through, and then you walk down, like, the ramp, and then you just got, like, their fans are just all right, like, right down there just yelling you know, all types of, of nonsense, you know, to you, whether it's – whether it's adults, students, kids, um, you know, grandparents, whoever, like they're yelling, yelling all types of, of nonsense. And, you know, that, that stuff, that stuff like got, got me jacked. It got the rest of the team jacked. You're like, okay, like, like, yeah, like this is, this is what we're looking for when it comes to a, to a hostile environment. So that, that I think got everyone pretty, pretty fired up um, from, from the players and, and the coaches. And then like, when you go back into the locker room, like after you warmed up, and you like you can just like you can just feel the, the energy and you can feel everyone's like in there just kind of like ready to explode and go out there and uh and uh, show off. So it's gonna be a fun environment in this one. So let's talk about what we anticipate we're gonna see Saturday afternoon, 2:30 kickoff on Fox. Iowa State, they had a lot with the gambling investigation. They lose their starting quarterback, their starting running back couple of other big pieces coming into the season one of their offensive linemen they get the 30 to 9 win against you and i over the weekend it was pretty ho-hum they got the pick six early they got a big return that set up their second touchdown and they put it really in cruise control they only ran 48 offensive plays in the football game i went back and watched it on sunday night Lashawn. it was hard to really get a great feel of this team and certainly where they are right now offensively, just the way that that game played out. But you're going to, the only loss that you had in your career while you were at Iowa came in a year that they came in 0-2. They looked terrible the first two weeks and they found a way to get you guys over in Iowa City. So it's a rivalry game, but what do you see when you look at this Cyclone team? Yeah, um, obviously they're they're dealing with, you know, some new guys and, and some spots, especially at quarterback, you know, uh, you know, when you're dealing with all the off the field stuff that has kind of happened with with, with them um, this off season, and you know, you, they come out and again they, they start fast against a UNI team that has typically always played um, you know us in state opponents pretty pretty tough. So definitely to come out and start extremely strong in that manner definitely gave probably gave them some some positive momentum um you know moving forward but like you said again they've only played like about 50 snaps uh the other night so you know you, you don't really get kind of get a good grip of kind of what you're going to expect and typically what you see in their first game regardless of how they play they play they turn it up an entire differently notch when it comes to, to playing Iowa so you never know what you're going to get but you know um you know offensively they're, they're going to be they're going to be relatively consistent um they're going to try to get the ball to to their playmakers and really look for you know those those one or two typically pretty big plays uh throughout the game to really kind of keep them into it and then you know defensively they have typically played with i think a three down front especially um as of late like especially because obviously you're in big 12 you got to be able to have uh you know those extra extra dbs and extra linebackers to be able to cover guys so typically going to expect that that three down front so again, it does open opportunities uh, in in the run game as well. So, you know, I'm t- really really excited to see how I was going to come out and adjust, especially with with Cade dealing with his with his uh, quad and you know the, the struggles that we saw in the run game 
uh, last week because again, typically in this game, if you can outrush the, the other team, you're, you're going to have a pretty good chance of winning the ball game. So um, I'm going to be excited to see how Iowa comes out and how they adjust to, to what they're doing. But again, you know that Iowa State's going to come out. They're going to play tough. And they're not gonna they're not gonna let Iowa just just walk in there and uh, you know uh, make it an easy game. So good stuff. Lashawn Daniels joining us here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast and his weekly hit with us. We will continue. Last week, uh, your boy TC got the win in our season long pick contest. We got what couple beers on the line, lunch. We'll yeah. figure something out next time we actually get to hang out. You going to make it, at, by the way, you going to make it to Iowa City for any games? Have you uh, taken a look at the schedule yet? Funny you just asked me that because uh, Matt Vandenberg asked me that last night, and I was like, uh, I actually don't know yet. Uh, that's still TBD. I was pl- planning on hitting up the, the Northwestern game here at Wrigley yeah. for sure because, I mean, again, that's right up the street. But mm-hmm. as far as a game in Iowa City, I don't know. I don't know yet. I'll have to definitely have to pick one out and, uh, um, you know, head up to one. The Minnesota well, one looks like it could be a good one. Yes, absolutely. Sure, so. Well, speaking of that game at Wrigley, uh, we're doing a little production here right live on the air for everybody. I'm going to be there doing my radio show on Friday. Uh, I got some tickets to the rooftop for the game. And I will tell you, LaShawn, we could do Friday after my radio show, Friday afternoon. I'm going to be at Merkel's, the big Hawkeye bar. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> we could do a live Locked On Hawkeyes Friday before the game. What do you think of that? No, that would be actually pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to do that. <laughs> let's, let's do it. We could actually meet in person for the first time. And, mm-hmm. well, I can get you for uh, you winning last time. I'll get you a couple. Of- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a good time. So we'll, yeah. we'll continue to work to set that up. But, yeah, for you Chicago Hawkeye fans or anybody making your way to the Northwestern game in Wrigley coming up in November. Friday, I'll be doing my radio show from 11 to 1 on KXNO. And then well, afterwards, we'll do a Lockdown Hawkeyes live there for Merkels. That'll be fun and looking forward to that. We'll make our picks when we come back here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. And college football fans, as the season is here, Lockdown is kicking up our coverage with Lockdown College Football Kickoff Live. It's each Friday. Lockdown's going to go live from 10 to noon our time, Central Time, on every Lockdown College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover everything going on in the world of college football, from playoff implications to the big rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Lockdown can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Lockdown College hosts covering their team every day. Find Lockdown College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 10 to noon Central Time on any Lockdown College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Well, it is a big ticket coming up certainly this week with Iowa, Iowa State. And buying tickets for your favorite event, including that one, shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Killer last-minute deals, those last-minute tickets, and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped up for the event. Flash deals and last-minute tickets as well. Easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. You also get, and I love this part of it, images of the seat views. What it's going to look like when you're sitting in there, different parts of it, different parts of the stadium, different parts of the theater, whatever it may be, you can see what you will see while you're inside the event. Plus that lowest price guarantee 
event cancellation protection, lost job protection, all kinds of different things that they have. Get images of your seat. Like I said, my favorite part of the Game Time app, along with, of course, the cost, and you're going to know where you are. Buy tickets in seconds, two taps, and you're set. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and make sure to use the code. It's Locked On College. That will get you $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create the account. And use the redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Trent Cotton back with you alongside Lashawn Daniels for one final time here today on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. All right, Lashawn, let's get into it, and it's our picks presented by FanDuel. All right, let's take a look. Last week, I know I got you. It was uh, last week, uh, one and four for you, Lachelle. Woo. I know. And that's not the start you're looking for. I <laughs> went with your dad's Buckeyes. I got you there. I had Indiana. I had Fresno, yep. uh, West Virginia. I could have had a great week. Fresno and oh. Penn State. Oh, James Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> well, Franklin wasn't there when you were playing yet, right? That was he still was- the O'Brien era. Oh, or he might have been there. I want to say he was there. Yeah, we played him in 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, he just bothers me. <laughs> bothers me even more because I, I had a ticket on that game on top of it. So I like West Virginia coming to that one and the last minute cover out of out of uh, Penn State. So you got the win uh, in that. No, you went West Virginia too. So one and four yeah. for you, three and two for me. Let's get it started here. Of course, we'll finish it up with the Iowa-Iowa State game. All these lines are available right now to fire at on FanDuel. Let's kick it off with... One of the biggest games, maybe the college football season. One of only two ranked matchups this week. It is number 11, Texas, getting seven against Alabama. Take it away. You're up first, LaShawn. Yeah. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, again, again, it was a phenomenal game last year. Uh, Alabama came to Texas and, you know, really looked like that Texas was going to have them. And, you know, there's some last, last minute heroics from other uh, star quarterback, you know, they were able to pull that one out. And um, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited for this one. Um, but going into Tuscaloosa is going to be a very, very tough environment to play. Um, and yours had a solid game, but probably not as good as you were expecting from, uh, you know, last week against against Rice. So uh, I'm going to take Alabama and the points on this one, just because I feel like it's so tough to go into Tuscaloosa and, and win there and I just I honestly don't know if if yours is is, is that guy to go ahead and uh you know really, really pull that off I was disappointed in the line play out of Texas last week against Rice they just didn't control the line of scrimmage like I thought they were going to and now it's Alabama and though Tristan or not Tristan Wirfs uh Caden Proctor got knocked on his butt I don't know if you saw that play <laughs> I, did see that. I, I had a little bit of a giggle on that one but he's still I mean he's starting as a true freshman at Alabama yeah. Yep. He would he would definitely help out this Hawkeye offense. <laughs> there is no doubt uh, this season. But I'm with you, Alabama. And not only that, you know, so many of their big games throughout the years have been that CBS mid-afternoon game. This is a night game, and it's going to be charged up. I've been to Tuscaloosa for a game. It's a great environment. It's going to be accelerated even more here. I'm going to lay it also. Give me Alabama laying the touchdown. Game number two, Texas Tech fresh off a loss to Wyoming. They got up 17-0, and then... Here come the cowpokes coming back. <laughs> now they got Oregon coming to town. The Ducks favored by six and a half. Yet I'm going the other way. I saw, I watched a lot of that Texas Tech Wyoming game. It had a late start because of uh, what some thunderstorms that were up in Laramie. 
I think Tech's bounce is back. I think they're still a good team. It's a tough place to go. It's a road trip in your first game. And Oregon, though Bo Nix has been excellent, and they put a ridiculous number up last week. I think Texas Tech's going to be waiting here. I'm going to grab the points here. Give me the six and a half. Yeah, this will be an interesting, interesting game, I think. Because, um, again, you know that Texas Tech, is they're going to be charged up, ready to go, especially coming off a tough loss the, the week prior. I mean, because, again, they started, they were really strong in that in that game, and then, you know, I don't know, must be something magical in that, that Wyoming <laughs> stadium or what, but it was a lot of a lot of craziness that happened towards the end of that game um, that I think probably ended up swaying it the other way. But my thing is, I feel like typically Oregon plays pretty strong on the especially on these road games early in the season. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you miss, don't count the, the Georgia game from last year, but yeah. uh, <laughs> typically they play play pretty really strong when they come on the road. Uh, early in early in the season, and I don't think this year is going to be any different. Especially, I really like the things that that Bo Nix has done since since coming to Oregon. I think he's been a really really good quarterback for them, and really has brought the the offense. I think that Oregon is typically ex- as expected from their team. So, yeah, give me the give me the six and a half um, for Oregon. I think they're going to be have a good uh, season this year. Game number three, it is the big noon kickoff over on Fox. It will be Deion Sanders. What a surprise that was. Uh, that was <laughs> absolutely incredible as they beat TCU on the road this last week. They come home this week. Nebraska comes in, a great old rivalry, renewed once again. We saw this game a season ago. And then Nebraska didn't get the win and, of course, shot themselves in the foot as only Nebraska can in the game against Minnesota. You can tell they at least have an adult on the sideline, something they haven't had for the last five seasons there. I believe in Matt Rule and May it, not, it might not happen this year, but it's going to happen here. This is about value. So I'm somebody that does gamble every day. I look at the lines every single day. And when the look ahead lines came out this summer, Nebraska was anywhere between a, a six and a half and a seven and a half point favorite. Now I'm getting a field goal. I'm going to grab that field goal. I'm going to grab Nebraska here and maybe slow down Dion and company here. Give me Nebraska. I'm there with you. I, yeah. I think it's, this is going to be, a, I think it's going to be a really Close game. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, Colorado, they came out. You, you're going to come. You're coming off that that high of a win, um, you know, from the week prior. And obviously, Dion has been great in his career, no matter what he's done. So he's definitely going to get to the team. Like, hey, like we're, we're obviously not done yet. That was just one game. Like, on to the next. But how the the team and the rest of the, is going to respond is what I'm curious to see. Obviously, Travis Hunter was phenomenal. Played over a hundred snaps last week and that he's insane. Uh, Shador Sanders threw for 500 yards. Um, but the Nebraska defense, I think is going to be play a lot better than TCU's defense did last week. Um, and I think that's, what's going to really going to keep this game close. And it's going to be a really, really great game, but yeah, I'm going to go with Nebraska on this one for, for the points, but I honestly have no idea who's going to pull this off. But I do think that Nebraska will be able to, to cover Notre Dame, game number four. They make their way to NC State to take on the Wolfpack. It'll be an early kickoff there also. 11 o'clock our time here in the Central Time Zone. Brendan Armstrong, the former Virginia quarterback now at NC State. Did have a great game throwing the football, but ran it incredibly well. And their week one win, Notre Dame, they're cruising after two easy victories in the first couple of weeks. LaShawn, I'll tell you, I I think this is just a tricky spot more than anything. I'm grabbing the Wolfpack, getting a little more than a touchdown, plus the seven and a half. I was thinking Wolfpack. I really was. But I think, uh, you know, I, I really feel like, obviously, again, you, you you 
the players can't control, you know, who, who, who they're going against, but, you know, they came out and they did what they were supposed to do in the last two opponents. Um, and let's see, Sam Hartman is another, another really, really good quarterback. And I feel like he's honestly been the quarterback Notre Dame has kind of been looking for, for the past uh, several years. And um, I feel like the seven and a half points for Notre Dame, I think they're going to be able to go ahead and, and cover that. Cause they, again, they've, they've been so strong um in the past game and they've been really strong in the run game as well and i don't see that um i don't see any reason why that shouldn't continue even though they're gonna they're gonna be on the road it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a a walk in the park game by any stretch of the imagination but i think that sam hartman is is good enough to be able to help them um, get those points in and we wrap it up, of course, with the Cyhawk game, Iowa at Iowa State this week. The Hawkeyes currently a four-point favorite in this one. Iowa State got them a year ago, but last time Iowa State won in Ames. You got to go back to 2011. Boy, that was a long time ago. 12 years ago, last time they won one of these games in Jack Trice Stadium. Hawkeyes favored by four. What do you got, LaShawn? Yeah, I I like the Hawks, to be honest. I, I, I really do. Even even though again, the run game wasn't as stellar as what you would quite expect. Uh, I feel like they're going to be better in that department this week. And, you know, even with Kate dealing with it, with the leg, he's going to be able to get the ball out and feel like get the ball to the playmakers and allow them to have opportunities to, to do it. And then, you know, last week, I feel like this didn't get enough or see enough from Iowa state offensively, even though again, they won 30, 30 to nine. And, uh, felt like the, the offense really never, I and mean, I think for me to be able to go ahead and think that they're going to be able to, to cover those points. So give me, give me, give me Iowa, and I feel like they're going to come out strong and they're going to play, you know, Iowa football that, that we're used to seeing. So two changes for me, two things that have changed my opinion where I was all summer long when I was going to FanDuel when they had the Iowa Iowa State lineup before the gambling investigation, and I was fired nonstop at Iowa. First. Iowa State has a dedicated special teams coach, and that's something that they haven't had in the past. I think they've closed the gap in special teams, something that had been significant and a big-time advantage. I mean, you go back to the 18-17 game and the fumble, the fumble <laughs> punt, which is still just hilarious watching that play, and the two idiots running in. That is closed up, and this is the one turning point for me. I keep going back to John Haycock, one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. This week brought to you by FanDuel. LaShawn looking to bounce back. I got the early lead on the season, and we will be able to pay this thing off as we'll meet in person over in Wrigleyville. Uh, Coming up, and we'll have details as we continue, as we found out today here in just a couple of short months. That'll do it for today. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. LaShawn, we'll talk to you again down the line. We'll talk to you next week, and let's get a Hawkeye win. Yes, sir. Go Hawks.